0: Corner. In the neutral corner. One, three, four. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome back, In the Neutral Corner, with RJ Summerlin. Um, you know, today we're uh, going to talk a little bit about the fights that happened this weekend, uh, the UFC fights. I watched the main card, uh, didn't really watch the prelims, I had some things going on, but uh, man, there was not a good fight. Um a lot of names that I recognize but don't necessarily roll off the tongue. Um but I know that uh it was it was a good eventful fight. The main event was kind of a uh, was kind of wonky, but judging here lately in any facet has been wonky. You know, um the boxing judges have been shit. The MMA judges have been shit. You know, I don't know exactly what's going on, but uh, I thought Carl France definitely won. Uh, I thought he had the better pressure. I thought he had uh, the smarter fight IQ throughout the whole fight. Not saying it wasn't close. You know, that's the thing. These fights where there are robberies, a lot of times they're they're pretty close. But, you know, at what point are we going to hold these judges accountable? like at what point am i going to be like well you know if 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 i'm at work and i do something say say i'm at work and i i go do a call and they call me back and they're like hey you know i called you out here my sink was leaking uh you said you fixed it and it's leaking again I'm held accountable. I have to go do that on my own time, right? I don't get paid for the time that I'm doing that because that's just how, that is how that works. You know, not saying that they shouldn't get paid, but like they should be held accountable. Interview them right after that, after the fight, after the scores are read, you know, go to them and be like, hey, you know, uh, your scores were very controversial. What is your uh, reasoning or what did you see or what did you not see? Because at the end of the day, All we know is what we're told, and if the judges are radio silent, then we have nothing to do but speculate on why they judged it the way that they judged it, to whereas even if they came out and bold-faced lied to us, oh, that wasn't me, at least we have something to go on there now. We have gotten something from them. Maybe not be their full side of the story, but we have gotten something from the other party, Uh, and I really feel like that's just what's going to need to happen. We're going to have to start holding these judges accountable. You know, whereas maybe you do go back and look at the fight and you tally everything up and you total it up and you're like, you know what? Um, yeah, maybe let's not do that. Maybe let's go ahead and, uh, you know, fire this guy. You know, he, he's he got four questionable decisions. You know, maybe we don't ask him to come back and judge anymore. Um, you know, it, it it's not and it's not something new. It's not something that's necessarily uh, just now thrusting its head into the light. It's 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 been a problem for a long time. It's getting worse, I feel like. You know, um, Alex, uh, what's his last name? Caceres, Alex Caceres had a fight of the night. Man, that fight between those two dudes was freaking outstanding back and forth everything you could ask for a fight kickboxing grappling like everything you could ask you know and uh that's that's really cool it's really awesome it's something that that you don't get a whole lot of anymore like you get good fights don't get me wrong but fights where it's just every aspect clinch you know uh stand-up wrestling wrestling on the ground jujitsu kickboxing even some boxing you know uh Overall, good night of fights. Um, next week's fights, or I guess this coming week's fight, is uh, pretty exciting. Amanda Nunes, you know, honestly, if if um, Amanda goes in there with the same type of burnout situation that she had with uh, Juliana Pena, then then I don't, you know, if she feels that way that she did in the first Pena fight, you know this this could be some major trouble. But if she stays on on her P's and Q's and is on her business, I mean, this lady's gonna go in there and and wreck shop. I'm not saying the other girls are nobody. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying Amanda Nunes is on a different level, especially when she's motivated. But you know, sometimes I feel like that's one of those things that's not ever really talked about as much as motivation. You know, like what motivates someone to do this and what motivates them to want to go in there and hurt another person. Is it fame? Is it money? Is it the glory? Is it the honor? Is it the challenge? Is it the self-challenge? Is it, you know, what is it? What makes you? What is your motivation? What what motivates you to do it? And then the t- there's no talk of lack of motivation. Okay, well, I'm here. I'm doing this. This is the career choice I've chosen. But I don't really want to be here right now. I don't really want to go through with this fight right now. I don't really want to cut this weight. I don't really want to go in the gym And do 25 rounds tonight. Or I really don't want to go and eat this bland food to make weight. The motivation is a big factor. Because if you're not motivated, then you're not going to force yourself to do those things. If you're not motivated by whatever it is that is your motivation of choice, everything is harder. It's harder to get in there and go have fun and do rounds when you're not motivated to do it, there's something going on. And one of the things that I feel like affect motivation would be money, would be comfortability, would be the legacy she already has. And that's that's kind of the weird part, right? That's kind of the paradox is that your legacy is never done until you are. So who knows what else she could do? You know what I mean? You think that she's done everything in MMA. She's defended both belts twice. She's a two division champ. She's a simultaneous two division champ. The only ever woman simultaneous two division champ. Avenged all of her losses, um, except for maybe Kat Zingano. But honestly, like it does definitely seem like she's done it all, but you never know. You never know. Who 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 knows what the future holds? And her legacy from here on out could be even better than what she had before. So you don't know the motivation. Is she comfortable with her legacy now? Is she getting to the point where she's like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do this. My legacy is good how it is, and uh, I don't need to add to it anymore. That's why motivation is a tricky thing. Like with the fighting, you know, like, it, are they going to come and look like the. Amanda Nunez of old, or the Anderson Silva of old, or the John Jones of old, or the this or that, or that or this. It's the motivation. Sometimes motivation is your obsession. You're obsessed with becoming better. Maybe it's becoming better to yourself. Maybe it's becoming better to the fans. Maybe it's becoming better to win the competition. But obsession goes hand in hand with motivation, I feel like. Sometimes. Sometimes it can be detrimental as well. So, as a, as far as my prediction from Amanda, I do feel like it's too close to that bad taste in her mouth. She's only one fight removed from losing to Pena, in which you know, of course, she fought her and won it back pretty easily. So I don't think that I think that she just recently had a wake up call. So I really predict um, I predict her to win, and when. I predict Amanda Nunez to win. And uh, the co-main event, you got Charles Oliveira versus um, Daniil Bariush. Now, that's going to be a very interesting matchup. Charles Oliveira is a very interesting person, uh, a fighter, interesting fighter Because the guy has quit in him, regardless of what you say. I mean, he does. He's done it multiple times. He did it in his fight against Islam. Like, not saying that I would do any better against Islam. But I am saying that the the heart that you saw in Alexander Volkanovsky when Brian Ortega had him in that guillotine mounted, and the veins are popping out of his head. And he is kicking and fluttering his little legs as hard as he can to get out of there. And then right after that, gets locked into a triangle, which is like the signature move. You know, like we're in the WWE. His finishing move, his nickname is T-City for Triangle City, Brian Ortega. Squeezed the death out of him, and yet he still got out of it. His heart was there. He had the the drive, that will to win, that will to I am not going to lose. And uh, I I just don't know if Oliveira has it. Oliveira had some good wins, you know. But I don't feel like in any of those fights was he put in a bad position. He got dropped in one of them, but it's like still. He wasn't put in bad positions where he had to he got dropped, but he was able to recover he was able to you know to do those things it's an interesting it's an interesting situation but um hey you know i think oliveira gets it um just uh just based on even though he's got some quit in him just based on like his his track record as of late uh i haven't paid a whole lot of attention to uh uh, is it Berius or Derenoush? I don't know. I haven't paid much attention to him, um, over the years. Uh, let's see. What else should we talk about? I, you know, I know these last couple episodes have been kind of, eh. it's just, I'm trying to find my, my way through these and trying to find the proper time and the proper setting in order to actually, you know, record these uninterrupted or with good sound quality, um, you know, also, some, you know, like last weekend, there was nothing going on. It's kind of hard to make some topics and subjects. I mean, I guess we could talk about the Francis and Ganu thing at the PFL if you want to hear what I have to think about it. Um, honest to God, I just think good for him. I do feel like Dana, when I'm like, I don't get how that's going to work, just business-wise, you know, the, the whole point of the pay-per-view model is, that's I mean that's kind of how they scale everything. So, you know, the guy hasn't even, the guy's pay per view numbers in the UFC were not very good. So for the fact that they're paying him all this insane amount of money, but you know, good for him, dude. Like I'm not gonna hate on him. I'm I'm happy that he's got what he's gotten. He deserves it. The dude came from the sand mines of Cameroon. Like that is ridiculous. The you know Hollywood would not even make a story like that because there no one would believe it. Really. Really, he was a slave working in the sand mines, and then he became a world champion fighter. Okay, dude, happened, true story, <laughs> and uh, it's an incredible journey. It's an incredible story, and I just feel like this is perfect for it. The whole John Jones situation, you know, I, I'm at, I'm on both sides of that coin. I feel like John Jones had plenty of time to fight Francis Ngannou. John Jones hadn't fought in like what was it, like three freaking years or two years, like. He had plenty of time. You're telling me that when he fought Cyril Ghan, that, oh, okay, that was the time that now he's at the weight? Like, no, he's been at the weight for a year, for a year and a half. He's just been waiting, waiting on the money, waiting on the best matchups. At the end of the day, that is what this is all about. More often than not, and you see this because of Khabib did the same fucking thing. Khabib beat, like, five top guys – and then everybody else was who, right? Once the competition starts getting harder, these guys are start start trying to, f- to figure out ways to stay on top without having to take these super dangerous fights. I mean, it's just how that is. It's a money thing, you know? Like, you're not worth any money if you lose fights. And if uh, you're getting matched up with a guy that stylistically is a bad matchup for you, well, there you go. Like, it's just these guys try as hard as they can. I'm not saying that Francis is a bad matchup per se for John. I just say that Francis is a bad matchup for anybody. He's got that equalizing power that, yeah, John might have better wrestling. John might have better distance control. John might have better kicks. But I know for one thing, John does not have more power. And that's always kind of like the puncher's chance, so to speak. You know, can John get past the punches being thrown? That's the thing, too, is that, you know, it's a lot easier said than done. Slipping punches, blocking punches, all that shit is not as easy as you think it is. Everybody thinks they can go out there and they can see a punch coming and they can move. Not when a punch is thrown properly. You can't even register anything's happening until after it's already hit you. The slips and the bobs and the weaves that you see on TV, if you notice, if you notice this, those guys are constantly moving, constantly slipping, moving the head, because an object in motion stays in motion. So they're not, you know, if you're at a standstill, it's much harder to slip your punches much harder to see the punches coming. But if you're just, honestly, you just keep moving, keep moving, keep going back and forth, you know, moving your head, creating your own little offbeat rhythm, it's harder for them to hit you because every time they look, your head's not in the same place it was last. You know, that's the big that's the big thing. But, you know, John Jones is a goat no matter what. So, the Francis thing, I'm glad that he's got the money that he's got. I'm glad that he's got the deal that he's got. It's amazing. It's outstanding. But I still wish he would have fought John Jones in the UFC. And uh, that fight is just one of those that's like all the technique. Like I said, all the technique. Excuse me. All the technique that John Jones has. Francis can negate with one punch. Just one. And if you've noticed the punches don't even have to land flush, honestly. Just a glancing brushing by punch. As long as it lands anywhere near the head, <laughs> the opponent's going to sleep. So And then you know also they did announce the Justin Gaethje versus Dustin Poirier BMF belt you know uh fight that is going to be a barn burner the uh, first one was amazing it was excellent um i do not remember if it was before or after tony ferguson uh fought gaethje if it was before then i think dustin has a big big problem if it was after then you know we'll see how much gaethje has improved because dustin ate a lot of leg kicks but gaethje got away from him in the first fight which is what I think allowed Dustin to come back and ultimately get the stoppage win. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a difficult thing, you know, to mix it up or it's a difficult thing to rematch somebody on both sides. Like, yeah, you won the last time, but, like, you've got to figure out, hmm, is someone else – um. You know, like, is is he going to change what he did the last time? So now you have to figure out how to adjust to that. And then the vice versa from him. He's got to decide, hey, do I want to change for the last time? You know, it's so interesting how, how intricate fighting can be. And uh, I feel like a lot of times fighters don't get credit because it's just like, oh, hey, these guys just go and punch themselves. So someone falls down. And I'm like, honestly, that's kind of the gist of it, yes. But you know, we do have brains and we do we do think and we do have ways of doing things that are the most efficient or if they're not, they're the most effective way to do something. Um so yeah. I really do appreciate you guys letting me ramble for eighteen minutes after work, just got a few minutes before training. Um I just wanted to ramble a little bit about some things going on. I, I do want to keep this going a week at a time. You know, uh, like, subscribe, follow. I haven't been posting the YouTube videos lately because, well, no one's really viewing them. And they take a long time to make. They take up a lot of memory. And I just, uh, I'm just going to keep popping them out here on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever else you're listening to this podcast. And, um... Yeah, man, I mean, it's really all I got to say. I want to thank you to everybody who listens. I want to thank my sponsors. Um, Y'all know who you are. And uh, Sending Tattoos, go give them a shout. The Burger Box, go give them a shout. Uh, Sending Tattoos, best tattoo artist in town. They do appointments only, but he's an award-winning artist. He travels all over um, the uh, country and goes to these tattoo expos and wins awards. So he is good. And then we've got, um, uh, let's see, what else? The Burger Box. The Burger Box is some food run by a family, um, family-owned restaurant run by the family. They are very good, very reputable people, and also, um, you just their food's amazing. You can't help but, you know, you can't help but want more. Um, you know, of course, their name's the Burger Box, so they've got burgers, they've got hoagies, they've got. Phillies, all sorts of things like that, uh, 314 Navy Boulevard, Inc. and then I think it's like 321 North, uh, South Navy Boulevard for the Burger Box, both of those, excellent, uh, Robin Hutton Massage Therapy, she always takes care of me when I've got some things going on, and, uh, she's been my number one sponsor, she's my very first sponsor ever, so she's always grandfathered in, grandmothered in, sorry, <laughs> and, uh, I want to thank Larry Downs Jr. Plumbing for everything, uh, great plumbing company, best plumbing company in town. Prices might might reflect that. you know. Um, yeah, we are a little bit more pricey, but we go there, we get the job done, we get it done efficiently, effectively, and um, we make it as painless as possible. Plumbing can be really a big issue sometimes, and it can really sneak up on you and happen at the worst possible moments. You know, you can have all your family in town and everything's been working fine. And all of a sudden your whole sewer staff uh, backs up. So, you know, we've got we've got some really good people here and uh, they'll definitely take care of you. And I believe that's all, guys. Um, I appreciate it a lot. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Please help me grow this thing. It'd be so much fun to get some good interviews with some good folks. And, uh, yeah, anyways, thank you, guys. This is In the Neutral Corner with RJ Summerlin. Godspeed.